This is your host and coach, Len DeCarmine, along with my two favorite guys that are just always crazy and out there and having a good time. I got, who do I have? Christopher Shiver. Christopher Shiver and? Fred Martinez. Fred Martinez are here in the house and we're gonna have a great show tonight. We have the one and only, the very special Dr. Susan Simpson. She's a clinical section, excuse me, clinical section. I can't get the word out. <laughs> well, You're I'm making me nervous. We're talking about sex. Oh no. <laughs> I'm a clinical sexologist, sexologist, intimacy coach, dating coach, counselor, and um, general love coach. Perfect. She does it all. She sounds like it. I appreciate you helping me out there. Because okay. I, I got a little fluster there. That's you know, common. Start, when is people, it start, uh, people call me and say, what, I, I, I'm having some trouble with my, uh, uh, or, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how those phone calls start. All right, good. At least we, right. got, we segue right into that really easily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, let's just rip that bandit off right now. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, what you do. Okay. And how, how it works. Okay. Well, for the last 20 years, um, I have operated under the brand Intimacy Insights. Mm -hmm. And I have been a specialist for individuals and couples who want to transform their sexual and intimate lives. So I started out as a columnist for a men's magazine in Arizona that's, oh, wow. it was Playtime Magazine, and I was like the Ask the Sex Therapist. And I got so many responses from men. So initially, I coached men who were having issues with physical uh, concerns like premature ejaculation, mm. um, desire differences in relationships. They want to bring in their partners and uh, introduce them to new sexual ways of being. So I am someone that marriage counselors and medical doctors send their patients and clients to who are dealing with sex-specific issues. Okay. Now that said, I've been doing that for 20 years, and um, when uh, Fred asked me to be on the show, it's because I'm, I'm going into an expansion and a transition mm. to dating coaching because I found so much, so many of the challenges couples have in the bedroom could be averted okay. if you uh, start early and be proactive. So sure. it's kind of like I've been, you know, when you're an oncologist, most of your patients are dying or are cha challenged with facing mm. death. And when, as a sex therapist, I experienced something similar. Most of my clients had said, well, we basically haven't been able to stand each other for some period of time. Can you help us? So I'm looking at how to create ways for people to be more conscious when they're dating and to use some tools, some communication tools, some um, intimacy is more about just being in the bedroom, but how okay. to be more vulnerable and see into each other and um, create a great relationship. Okay. So I'm, I'm now, my new brand is Love by Design, mm. creating conscious relationships. And I'll still have intimacy insights as a, as a little uh, tab sure. you can click on on my new website. <laughs> okay, great, no, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Now with, with, I mean, you end up seeing a lot of people that already are on the downhill. Yes. But it's best for people to come see you early on in a relationship, mm -hmm. even though it's hot and heavy and they think they know each other, it's still great to get that education up front so you can mm -hmm. continue that lasting intimacy and love down the road. Is, is, do you agree? Yes, yeah, because so many things change in a long-term relationship. Uh, if, if you're there for together for years or decades, mm -hmm. who you are when you're first dating, you know, we're hot lovers, 
and then you become spouses perhaps now you're not uh, you know the hot chick you're the wife or the husband sure uh, and then kids may come into the picture and mm. now you're not uh, the husband or the wife now you're a mother or a father and those kind of words shift a lot of people in the bedroom. You sure, know, as yeah, a, shifts as a, your mindset. As a hottie, I can do all sorts of things in the bedroom, but mm. now I'm a mother. Do Yo. mothers do those kind of things? Sure. Well, maybe. But. It's like a shift in mindset. Shift in mindset. Mm. Shift in mindset and context. So as mm. you go through life, you're, um, there, there are value surveys people can take. Our core values don't really change, but our priorities transform as we age so when you're a new parent your priorities are going to be different than when you're just dating mm -hmm. or when you are um, your kids you're an empty nester your priorities are going to be different than when you're uh, a parent of a teenager so okay. things like that what, what do you say <clears throat> you know my, my wife and I my girlfriend we just had a baby let's just say we'll go with that scenario okay how do you then you know, what would you recommend for somebody where, you know, they're not, especially the, the woman, she's not feeling up to par. She just, you know, just gave birth to a child. She doesn't feel as what, how she used to feel. Please. What would, what would be, what do you recommend for both the husbands, what he should be doing for her, and then what also, what she should be doing for herself? Well, if I'm asking be that more specific. Sure, okay. when you're a new parent, you're focused on what's happening in the moment. So I keep saying, you, you guys are NLP masters. So mm -hmm. being in the moment, saying what's, you know, what's needed right now. So obviously you're attending to your new child, you're attending to your health. So if your hidden question is, as a, as a new father, am I gonna actually get laid yeah. in the next one? <laughs> that's exactly that's 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 the question. Yeah, that's a real that's question. A, that's a real question, Lenny. Well, yeah. yeah. He's blushing, see this? Okay. Everybody yeah. notice the red. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a new father, but yeah. yeah, but. yeah. Well, well, when off it, now, I, you'll notice I avoid a lot of generalizations because mm -hmm. everybody is different. Sure. There are some people that pregnancy and childbirth makes them really horny uh, as a woman, but generally the woman's response when she's carried a child for nine months and she may be mm -hmm. breastfeeding is that uh, this is not the greatest time to reproduce. I just mm -hmm. have a new one, right? <laughs> so, uh, and, I've, and it takes a lot of energy and hormones have shifted. And so I would say, uh, the woman understanding that the man still has needs and working things out because there are many different ways to make love, creative ways that mm. don't necessarily involve um, hours and hours of tantra and uh, may not even involve uh, the vajayjay, let's say. <laughs> I don't know how explicit I can be on the show, so yeah, 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 yeah that's it. That's okay. The JJ works. Okay, that's, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say a lot of begging. <laughs> well, that too, that too. But just, just understanding that... Um, Again, they're transitions, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I encourage couples to do is mm -hmm. not get complacent, because when you've got a new baby, and you're all excited, and you've got, oh, look, my, my, my child, now they're walking, now they're talking, it's easy to forget to create that time for one-on-one uh, -on -one time, to have good a good support system where you can bring the baby to grandma or auntie or uncle mm -hmm. so you have a good yeah. a good system so you can still remember to have those date nights and have those times where you can be close okay so. great no, I think I appreciate that okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a little nervous about these do you have a wife no. are you married no I'm divorced uh, okay yes. do you have any kids I have three okay. but they're, they're older okay yeah yeah 
So more, so so let's just talk about that a little bit with people who are now going to be empty nesters and not have that, have the children around anymore, and they've had that stress throughout the years. It may not have that close intimacy anymore, mm-hmm. but still love each other. Is there a way for them to draw that back in to to bring it together again? That's a that's a tough question mm. because a lot of times when you wait that long. Um, if intimacy has not been a big part of, of their relationship, then when the kids leave, they don't have the common focus. Okay. Uh, there's actually a, a coach, and I don't remember the name, but um, what they do is they, they create workshops where couples who are now empty nesters get together and create hobbies together. They, I don't know if it was you who was telling me about that. Someone was telling mm. me that they, mm-hmm. like, well, who are we now when we're not focused on the kids and what the kids did today? And so I think creating new hobbies, maybe taking a course together or getting into to something. Um, wanting to have sex with the same person over the course of anything longer than 18 months is not a natural biological drive. Okay. Thank you. I thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> Some people, it's actually even uh, less than that. Oh, wow. It's probably, probably less yeah. than 30 days. Well, no. <laughs> your pheromones shift. I mean, we're not biologically monogamous. Uh, we are socially and culturally monogamous. That's the norm. But our bodies are not designed to, quote, reproduce with the same person. Uh, over and over, uh, so that's why uh, a lot of guys come in and they say, "Just tell me why I'm attracted to everybody but my spouse." Sure. And it's like because you're a male Homo sapien, sapien <laughs> you know. That's why. <laughs> but what you do about it is, and how you um, how you manage that is the real challenge with couples. I know. Are we going to be monogamous? Are we going to have an open relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and open relationships, while they're they're becoming more uh, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking Prevalent. for? Prevalent, yes, and mm. accepted. Um, they're not the norm. So mm. how do you tell, how do you negotiate with your spouse and say, hey, do you want to have an open relationship? Do you want to date other people? That gets way too yeah. much for just a short podcast like this. Sure, but, right, right. <laughs> yeah. like, are we going to have a written contract of what we can and cannot do, that sort of thing? Well, that's Yeah. Nice. yeah like, I'm really? It gets like that? Because, like, mm. um, I mean, I, I would get insecure. To be mm. entirely honest, I'd get really insecure. For me, it sounds wonderful to have that sort of relationship, but then I think about Fancy her, suddenly, yeah. oh, I'm not so secure anymore. Well, you know, that's why uh, in recent statistics, what is it, something like um, 58 to 64% of all married men uh, cheat, have some extramarital experience in something like 48 to 52% of all married women, mm-hmm. and the chances are about 16 to 18% that one spouse is going to be doing something outside the relationship, but it's been taboo. Mm. Um, there's a great book, one of my heroes or heroines is Esther Perel. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, she's she, awesome. yeah, she wrote a, her most recent book is called A State of Affairs, and she goes into great depth about why people cheat, and ask the question, what is cheating in the 21st century? Right. Is chatting somebody with somebody or sexting them? Mm. That you're someone you're never going to meet? Is that cheating? Uh, yeah. Is Facebook friending your old, your ex, is that cheating? Yeah, is, um, what's infidelity know? now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, some people are saying that, that, that is a, a lot of that. It's a, the emotional, emotional affairs. 
Well, and those right, are a lot right. worse. Yeah, emotion um, fidelity mm. versus physical fidelity versus I, I, you know, how do you measure all that? Oh, and and you and it's it's challenging. It's whatever the couple says it is. So fidelity nowadays is, am I breaking the agreement that that my partner and I have? Mm. If we have certain agreements, am I breaking those agreements? Um, so, but but these are all great questions, and Esther Perel calls it sexual alchemy. She mm. tells the story of. Uh, of a couple who were co-workers and they were both married and uh, they were very conservative from conservative religions and they decided you know we can never sleep together but they would go out every day and have lunch and discuss in great detail all the things they would do with each other if mm. they only could and it was very arousing and um, so was this cheating they never touched each other yet they had this incredible alchemy this incredible you know, passionate um, conversation every day. And those wow. are really fun to have where you have somebody like a pen pal where you can send like stories back and forth. Right, right. That, that's <laughs> super fun. I totally get that. But then they don't consider it cheating. Well, and, and so that's where um, all of these, we're, we're in a, yeah. in a with, with the internet and with um, online uh, romances and all the technology. And these weren't questions. I mean, it, you know, when you were living in a little farm town in uh, 1960, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there were a certain number of people in your town and cheating was pretty clear, you know. Sure. But yeah. now it's like, well, you can, and you can't control it. So, so much of, of having a great relationship is about trust mm -hmm. and also about getting that over time your relationships takes on takes on different forms mm -hmm. and sex will be a big priority at certain times maybe not at others so relationships are organic and evolving sure so how, how would you grow that more in your relationship like the, the intimacy and the changes is that a conversation you need to have with your partner on a regular basis or once a year yeah. or well, how, how that usually come and see you <laughs> come and see me I, I, I um, one of my uh, one of my longtime mentors uh, who was um, really uh, the person who got me into mm -hmm. uh, conscious thinking about conscious relationships said wouldn't it be great if marriage mm -hmm. was renewable like your car registration sure. Sorry, I'm trying to get comments. Okay, okay. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great? Uh, wouldn't it be great if each year you had to consciously renew your marriage contract and I say, do oh. you know how would how did it work last year? What could be better? Um, and that you know that's a fantasy. But yes, mm -hmm. the question is, uh, how often should you assess? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. As often as you can, because anything that's that's not working, that's left unaddressed becomes the elephant in the living room or the, the seething resentment. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I've heard stories about that people d will hold on to that for decades. Yeah. Just, exactly. You know, I, for years and years, I haven't liked this or I've been heard about that. <laughs> yeah. And people, by the time people come into my office, you know, they, they're telling me stories, well, this happened 10 years ago and this happened five years ago. And, and they're still, it's still present between them. Yeah. And so that's why so much of my process, one of my new programs I'm starting this year is called Relationship Remodel. And it's a year-long program where a couple will come in and you'll clear the wreckage. So okay. you, you take, take your current relationship as a house, you might take it all the way down to the foundation mm -hmm. and design a new structure. Or you might say, you know, we're just gonna take down some walls. 
And mm. so uh, metaphorically right. speaking, taking down sure. the walls and, and creating new space. Mm. Do a little to, remodeling. Yeah, remodeling. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a nice coat of paint, and sometimes you completely gut the place and start over. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you see a, a common thread with when you speak with people that comes up quite often? For uh, when they come in for coaching or counseling of some sort? Yes. <coughs> it's if you if you loved me you would. Oh. Dot dot dot. Mm. And if you loved me you wouldn't. Dot dot dot. And, Oof. <laughs> 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 and well both people come in and, and they no matter what the complaint is, and often the most common intimate complaint is usually there's a higher desire partner and there's a lower desire partner. Mm. And it's not always the female that's the lower desire partner. We were talking a little bit before the show about, you know, men, mm -hmm. do men really value sex a lot more? That's not always the case. Sometimes mm -hmm. the woman is chasing the man around the bedroom saying, you know, he's so tired, he's not into me anymore, mm. why aren't we making love more? Mm -hmm. But when a couple comes together, usually the common complaint is my partner doesn't care about my feelings and needs. Mm. Uh, and I, I tell people, if you're going to get a tattoo, make sure it's right here on the back of your hand yeah. that says, what do you need from me right now that I'm not giving you? Mm. Uh, or I had, a, I had a client yeah, I like who actually that. printed it on his, he actually got a silver bracelet and he mm. had it engraved on there. Sure. Because... Um, Oftentimes when people come into coaching, they have an agenda like, well, I want more sex. And how do you get my partner to give me more sex? <laughs> and, you know, uh, there's a lot of, um, of generalizing and a lot of feeling like, well, if you, you know, why can't my partner just let me be the way I am? And why are they trying to change me? Hmm. So the common theme is, is, does my partner care? And that's, we were talking a little before the show about attachment theory. Um, does my partner care about my needs? How do I get my needs met? Mm -hmm. And that's the first level, the self-focus level. But then the next step is, okay, how then does your partner get their needs met? And how do you both collaborate to create a, a working relationship that takes both people's feelings and needs into mm -hmm. consideration? Okay, no, that's great. So I've got a question about yeah. the, the, how does a person become more of a secure attachment? Okay. Well, first of all, define your terms okay. because uh, I Cause, was because th there's avoidance and what what are the because like, we were we were we ended up taking that quiz. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, there, uh, I, I believe on the quiz was ambivalent anxiety, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. Right. Okay. You sent me the quiz and I took it too. And you know, I was. Uh, I was so disorganized I couldn't finish it. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, um, no, what the attachment theory, I think all, um, all of these different um, analysis tools are useful, but I, I'm really clear with my clients to avoid labels because mm -hmm. the minute you say, well, look, my partner is this, you know, he's an ambivalent avoidant or whatever, and she's a, then we get into dehumanizing people mm -hmm, and sure. trying to pigeonhole them. But there are certain characteristics that people have in relationship and it comes from childhood. Mm -hmm. So when we talk, I don't know if you're, how much your viewers know about attachment theory, but how we're parented and how our caregivers were, were they always, did they come when, when we called? Um, there's a, a, one of my favorite uh, attachment theory um, authors is Sue Johnson and she wrote a book called Hold Me Tight mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. classifies the basic attachment styles into the 
pursuer protesters yes, yes. and the <laughs> withdrawer stonewallers wallers. so the pursuers are like feeling insecure mm -hmm. if we're not a we that's working and the withdrawers are mm -hmm. saying hey give me my space you're suffocating me yes. so um, these are coping strategies they're not uh, permanent labels right. it's like introversion and extroversion mm -hmm. well are you yeah. an introvert <laughs> or an extrovert depends <laughs> on the situation exactly um, so knowing and being able to get that how I react when I'm triggered like I happen to be a pursuer mm -hmm. so that's my attachment style I get really insecure if I feel like my partner's pulling away um, knowing that, oh yeah, this is just my childhood stuff coming up. Mm. That this is not really daddy abandoning me, you know? Mm -hmm. Or um, getting that, okay, I, I, I know I'm triggered. I feel suffocated. I feel mm. like I need space. How to understand your partner's style. And if you have a partner who is more, quote, avoidant or withdrawer, they need their own cave. They need their own space. Mm. They mm -hmm. need uh, time. They're not good under pressure. They yeah. get overwhelmed, so you have to give them, I say, get your, have your own bedrooms in the same house and let your partner go and have their own space mm -hmm. and come back. Um, you gotta tell your partner with the, who's a pursuer, uh, understand they're like a five-year-old child going, mommy, 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 when are you gonna read me a story? Daddy, daddy, <laughs> don't leave me. You know, and so you're, you're, you have, do you tell a five-year-old child, you know, get away from me, you know, leave me alone, quit clinging on me, you say, no, here's when I'm available. I can't read you a story now, but mm -hmm. I promise yeah. I will then. So learning that the these attachment styles are the, the little kid inside that's scared and yeah. saying, ah, oh, my, my, um, my um, pursuer needs to have a time. Like, we're going to go out this Friday night. Yes. I need space now to finish my project. My uh, withdrawer says, okay, Look, we're going to have an uh, we're going to have an intense conversation, but we're going to set the timer because they're like, oh, how long is this going to last? Oh, I it's like, okay, we're going to limit it to thirty minutes, mm -hmm. and then we're going to honor that, so you know that there's breathing room. Mm -hmm. So, do you all know your styles? Yes. Okay, what mm -hmm. are you? I'm avoidant. Are you? Okay. Yeah. So you're somebody where if it gets too intense and the conversation starts getting a little too. Personal, you're like, ah, like check oh yeah, these I'm, I'm, it's already personal right now. I'm kind of like, it? yeah, <laughs> I'm already feeling the pressure. Okay, okay. Yeah, totally feeling the pressure. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, the uh, I, I learned about my attachment style in um, uh, what was it, uh, interpersonal relationship psychology class. Uh -huh. And uh, when I finally realized what I was, I remember crying really hard uh -huh. because in my all my relationships, you know, flashed right before my eyes, and suddenly it's like it all makes sense suddenly. And um, so then after that, I, I had to learn how to like listen to that, that voice and know when to listen to it and when not to listen to it, that sort of thing. So I've, I've, for my own coping strategies and type of coping strategies, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So the um, voice goes, run away, this is too much. Pretty much, well, I try to ignore it. <laughs> well, here, here's a little coaching if you're up Please. to um, When you know your style, mm -hmm. you can tell a new partner, hey, um, you could say, hey, let's take this quiz, or you could say, mm -hmm. here's something I've learned. One of the things I know about myself is that um, I need a little space. Or when I'm upset, I mean, I may need to take a time out. That doesn't mean I'm leaving you. It just mm -hmm. means that I need a little time to think. Mm -hmm. I need a little time to um, get my thoughts together. Right. And, and also, it's um, when you're looking at a long-term relationship to say, I'm a person who... Um, 
I need my own space. Some couples have uh, houses right next door. They have separate bedrooms. They have mm. separate areas within the property. Yeah. And to say, you know, this allows me to come together with you and be fully present. Uh, and so knowing this, then your partner can make a decision. Is this mm. somebody, you know, do, am I okay with that? A partner who needs a certain amount of space. Mm. Um, yeah. And the, and the person who's, who's more the, the, um, the pursuer protester, they're, they're the ones who's like, I need closeness. I need to be a we. It's not okay. Uh, you know, I don't want to go to the party alone. I want you to come with me everywhere we go. Like, to right. everything. Sure. I need you to come to the store with me. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, no, no, see, look at, look at your reactions here. No, no really. Stop, please. Uh, so, but, but, but there are people who love that. Some yeah. people yeah. love being yeah. the cult of two. You've got two pursuers that come together, and literally, uh, I had one couple, they... Um, one person wanted to go to the to the grocery store and the other would be like i'm coming you know and and that's too much for a lot of people mm. um but traveling do we travel separately is it okay to um to have separate friends sure. these are super right, yeah. important attachment questions yeah is it or do we have to be a we all the time we only now we're married we're we're a we and we're only going out together mm -hmm. you know and so um and those styles can shift. So knowing mm -hmm. to say this is who I am in the beginning, this is what I, this is how I'm comfortable, and then to adjust because yes. you know the opposite types generally attract each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I always seem to attract pursuers. You know why that is? Because my my lack of emotional availability, something like that. He's <laughs> 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 deep. He's driving deep. It's like I, I'm so. Uh, like, <laughs> no, it, it's 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 more because um, at the core, the pursuers greatest um, as a pursuer we feel existentially alone we know who we are we know who exactly who we are and we feel lonely we meet uh, a withdrawer and they're so emotionally sensitive oh they cry mm. at bad oh they're so sensitive they know our every need we're like oh <laughs> I'm finally one oh we can merge our souls because you're capable of it right in bed and then I love this I love this he's blushing he's sweating <laughs> I feel the, the heat off of him this is a bombardment right <laughs> now. no no no, no but he, here's how you tell if someone, okay, in bed, mm -hmm. you can tell if somebody's a, a, a pursuer or an avoidant. Um, the avoidant will get up and immediately have to take a shower or check their text. You know, like, okay, thank you, that was good. Now I need to go and, uh, you know. Mm. I, I used to be like that. I had to learn not to do that because yeah. I had to learn to be like, okay, Chris, don't just get up and leave. Just like, right. so, talk. The so actually, I'd be cuddler, non cuddler. Sort of. Cuddle, yeah. non-cuddler, and then uh, the pursuer usually wants, okay, that was good, now I bet round two. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah, the withdrawal is like, uh, yeah, that'll last me for the next uh, few days. Um, Can we schedule an event? <laughs> um, you have two pursuers, they spend all their time in bed. They yeah. might have a horrible relationship, but the sex is so good they can't get a divorce because like, oh yeah, but we're always having sex. Mm -hmm. You can also tell, pursuers love makeup sex and they need it. Yeah. Uh, withdrawers are like, no, you know, you, you said that nasty thing to me three months ago. It's over. You're done. So yeah, I can, we can laugh when couples come in 
we laugh about it a bit and we create strategies. Everyone mm -hmm. needs a safe word in their relationship. Mm. And the safe word either is something funny that will make you laugh or something sentimental that will make you remember <laughs> like, oh, you know, this is our first date, you know, okay, Feb you know, whatever it was. February 2nd was our first date and we say February 2nd, that reminds us, oh, it's an NLPQ, okay, yeah. say, mm -hmm. okay, we're in love. Or if you're saying something silly, one couple, um, had uh, it was like the Three Stooges or something when they did their little Three Stooges thing and mm. it was like what 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 you know <laughs> that was like okay that was the that was the interrupt mm. yes. that was the interrupt yes. so getting that for each couple each per partner to be able to say all right I'm I'm being triggered I'm going to do my safe word and that is the cue to stop and assess and say okay what's going on wow. and what do I need what do you need right now that I'm not giving you mm. or what do I need right now that I'm going to request from you. I need a little space. I want to have this conversation, mm. but I need to get up, in, you know, in three hours. You know, can we do this Friday after work? Yeah, yeah, that's excellent communication yes, right there. Is. Most people do not do that. It, a lot of things yeah, are they're, they're, they're they don't know how. Yeah, Most they don't, don't know, know how. how. Right. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's almost like it's like it's like you should have known that. Almost, I feel I get that a lot in my relationships. It's like you should have known that. You should understand that. And I'm like. Why? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, they they um, before the show are saying I'm not one for sexist generalizations, and not, it's not always man mm -hmm. the man who's like the horny pig who always wants sex. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not always the woman who's the passive aggressive. Like, well, you should know why I'm upset with you. Um, mm. Those things happen sometimes because of conditioning, because mm -hmm. uh, of wiring. Right. Um, but in my coaching rooms, I don't let people get away with that. It's like you don't get to say, well. You should know I'm upset. Um, part of this is how do you communicate it? How do you mm -hmm. communicate it in a self-responsible way and in, in a compassionate way that your partner can hear it and respond to it? So these are the kind of tools that I teach. Because mm -hmm. wow. yeah. when people come in for sex therapy, they're often frustrated because we spend the first couple sessions learning things like, self-responsible communication, using I statements. <laughs> using Responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, <laughs> and having things like a safe word and mm -hmm. how to have a back and forth where you're, um, you're recreating or you're mirroring your partner. What I just heard you say was that when I do X, you, you feel make me like, feel this. Oh, I, I feel oh, this. Or yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. You remember, Fred's <laughs> done some coaching with me. So you don't get to say you make. Nobody <laughs> makes you anything. Yeah. When you but, do this, I, I, I feel, feel this. Or, yeah. or then I request. And I request, request this yeah. because it would provide that. And then your partner can reflect back to you. Okay, what I'm hearing you say is mm. when I do this, you interpret it that way. You you yeah. feel that way. And what you need from me is this because it would provide that. And, mm. and then you can negotiate. You can say, well, okay, I can do this and not that, and how would it work? Mm -hmm. And that, and I actually teach some, teach what's called a talking stick. You know, it's taken from the Native Americans. You have sure. a stick and you pass the stick, and, and when the person has the stick, then they get to share and they pass it back. And mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's kind of a, just a, a little bit of a rote exercise, but once you get good at it, you can yeah. apply it. You know, what are you saying? You can have a talking pen or a talking mm. rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, and that, that technique alone is just powerful in itself because it really gives both parties the opportunity to really express themselves and be heard. Right. And a lot of people just don't feel that, that that's what they, they get anymore because they're doing it through text. And you can't have a, 
an adult conversation to you know paragraphs and paragraphs of text. But it's a paragraph. <laughs> if it, texting is only for just making an appointment or Very simple things. It's simple yeah. things. But when you're going and you're you see the long plethora. So the yeah. long, the long plethora is only if you're a pursuer. The pursuers are the okay. one you can tell. It's like oh who's God. texting goes on and on and on, and then whose response was like, okay. yeah, okay, that, that's <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, yeah, and, and then the avoidant will just be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the void will be nothing. It'll yeah. be like no response. Right? Yeah, or oh, no my, response. My, my, yeah. my battery died. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have any Wi-Fi. But, it, but it's so true because like I'll, even with friends, I've been sexually. Not in a sexual relationship, like there'll be like a group chat and it'll be like several texts. And after it gets to the six texts, and I'm still trying to figure out what I reply with, at that point, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I'm freaking out in yeah. internally. Like there's anxiety and I don't know what to say, and I'm just like, find something else to do. Right. <laughs> right. right. And once, once each person gets that their partner's attachment style is not, um, it's not, I guess, uh, they don't do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not who they are. I, right. I correct people when they say, well, that's just who I am. I say, it's not just who you are. It's what you do. It's how you are. Mm -hmm. And how you are can be worked on. Mm. Um, and the question that comes up is, is to what extent do is relationship work? Um, I'm a sex therapist now because my first partner, uh, I was engaged in my 30s and um, we had major attachment style differences, and we went to a world-famous sex therapist, Dr. Marty Klein, who is awesome. You can read his books. He's, mm -hmm. he's old school. And uh, my partner ultimately said, I don't think relationships should be work. If it's work, then, you know, why do it? Relationships mm -hmm. should not have to be work. They should be natural. Right, they sure. should be organic. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be all this discussing, all this deconstructing. Um, mm. And so ultimately, we went our separate ways. But what I got was got to meet Mar Marty Klein and to go to the school he went to, and that was what began my career as a coach. Because I just thought, gosh, if we'd have just known this on the first date, if we'd have just known this when we were dating, if I could have identified that we had very different needs and very different um, values and priorities, we could right. have we would have not had been together for six years. So, mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. self-disclosure. Okay, so if, wow. so do you have any tips and tool, or actually tips for a person when part of the conversation, they can go ahead and, uh, you can determine that instead of it being like six years down the road? Um, <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah, I mean, there, there are ways you can get, uh, I, I will coach people, uh, my dating coaching, uh, when they're doing internet profiles, you can tell who somebody, how, not who they are, right? I yes, correct right. myself. How they are by their profile. <coughs> sure. Do they say, we, 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 and this, this, you know, we're going to, and we, or are they more, um, I'm really into this or that? Like, what kind of people, how do they relate? Mm -hmm. You can tell um, how they are after a date. You know, are, are you going to call me? When are you going to call me? When are we going to see each other again, right? What's what's you, you know what is this is. what like what what are what's going on here? Mm. Um, but being able to be honest about where you are at any point in your journey and saying, hey, guys, come in and say, how do I tell somebody I just want to play the field right now? Right. I've been divorced I'm, after twenty years of marriage, and really, I don't want to be committed. I right. don't want to be monogamous. I don't want to parent somebody else's kids. I don't want to you know support somebody financially. How do you say these mm. things? 
Right. And uh, it wouldn't go well in a profile. You know, I don't sure. want to say, well, what are you offering? Yeah. You know? I'm offering. I'm going to make a brand new Tinder just for that. <laughs> she took my profile. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's what I'm offering. I say, you're offering um, friendship? Are you offering, you know, I will I will come and provide you. I will nurture you and, and you know. Uh, uh, Bring hot, the hot boom, baba, boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a benefit to um, to not being in a committed partnership you don't have to pick up the other person's dirty socks and mm -hmm. stuff and uh, but that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> no, so you sell you you project what it is you're offering i'm offering right. great times on the weekend i'm offering i'm your travel buddy mm -hmm. i'm your uh, I'm, I'm offering companionship if someone comes in you're, you're direct when somebody says what are you looking for right now i'm looking to um have a good time and have lots of friends and that other person might say, you know what, I'm not okay with that. I'm, I'm not comfortable if you're being intimate with someone else. But to be able to honestly have that conversation and say, here's where I am right now mm -hmm. um, in my journey. I might be open to that. But sure. if you're not open to monogamy, mm -hmm. then don't you know, go on to eHarmony and pitch yourself as, <laughs> as, oh, I'm looking for my soulmate, right? It seems like most people don't have that conversation. They just go and let it flow. And that from having conversations with plenty of people, and they're saying that they are going with the flow and just and that they're dating multiple people at the same time, trying to pick which one might be the best one. Uh, this one lady was telling me that how she views things and how she tells her other her clients is that it's it's like a base, it's like a basketball team. That she has the MVP, which is the person who's uh, that that they're going to be sleeping with, and then all the other ones are supporting players. Then she's got the bench players. So oh, when anybody geez. slips up, they end up just uh, replacing that player, and then that MVP oh might rotate to different other guys. And then I, I then I basically <laughs> oh, kind I of said, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot. A Seinfeld episode, like Elaine is he's sponge worthy, right? And you guys are too young. And then so I, I, I know, I know. Too young for that. So uh, the way I kind of looked at it as. Well, this person is trying to find a piece of, of what's missing within herself. Oh. So if she finds that with, or he finds that within them themselves, then they might not need all these different players or whatever, and maybe they only need that one person that's going to give them their whatever they might need in life. Well, uh, yes, mm. Fred, that's a very good mm. point. And I was with you right up to give them what, what you need. Looking at things as what are people going to give me, that's also, I, I encourage people not to do that. What am I bringing to the mm, relationship? Mm -hmm. what, what are we sharing? Yeah. Sure. As opposed to what am I going to get? In other words, what are we sharing together? What are we experiencing? You made a very valid point. One of my, um, one of my teachers, uh, who is the founder of uh, something called Quidoshka.org, he's passed mm. on, but mm. his um, Native American, his name is Thunderstrikes, and he created this whole sacred sexual paradigm, which I highly recommend. They teach workshops locally and around the world. But he said, every lover that we've ever had is a mirror of our inner opposite self, which Carl Jung called uh, mm -hmm. the anima. The, the anima, yeah. Or the mm -hmm. animas. Yes. And so he, there was one, uh, in one workshop we did with Thunderstrikes, he had us write down a list of every single partner, significant partner we ever had, and then to write down all of their strengths uh, and all of their challenges. Hmm. So, you know, what was it I liked about so-and-so? Oh, they were so um, adventurous. Hmm. Oh, they were so passionate. 
you know, what, what it was that I didn't like about them. Well, they were so stubborn and they were so, um, you know, whatever. And you, you make the list and then he'd say each one is an aspect of you. Your, your um, things that you're aspiring to, like I'd like to be more adventurous, so I'm attracted to this adventurous guy. Um, and like you were saying, integrating it. What, um, if, if I'm attracted to somebody who's actualized in some way, uh, that I, I'd like, to, some areas I'd like to develop, I'm gonna be drawn to them. Mm. In the same manner I'm gonna be drawn, I'm gonna be uh, repelled by people who have some of my same character defects. Mm -hmm. right? so, mm -hmm. like, so he said, make a list and get that all these people are parts of you and that um, there, you know, I, I, maybe I'm drawn to this super successful person because I want to be super sure. successful. Right. And and so yes, when you get that, um, these people are mirrors. Our partners are mirrors, showing us our inner self. He, he called it mirrors of self-reflection. You know, then yes, we can develop it mm -hmm. in ourselves. Like, oh, this is a, a part of me that I would like to actualize. And so what draws? I told mm. you what draws. Uh, um, the um, see in my mind, I want to call them the emos and the fizzies, right? Because <laughs> the, 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 the pursuers and the, the pursuers and the withdrawers are known in another paradigm um, as the emotionals and the physicals. Mm. So the pursuers are the physicals; they're really mm -hmm. needing that physical closeness, right. and yeah. the withdrawers are the emotionals, the emos. They really need that emotional <laughs> boundary. <laughs> No, they, they yeah, need, yeah, they yeah. Need I definitely feel safety. like that a lot. Emotional <laughs> safety. Physics need physical security, and emos need emotional safety. safety. Yeah. And that um, um, that these these mirrors of self reflection are um, aspects of ourselves that we want to to integrate. So. Um, what was your question? <laughs> 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 but no, this is going to place really yeah. good though because. I mean, I mean, like you said, the emos and whatnot. That's that's totally like I need that alone time where there's no influence, especially from social media. Oh right. Oh right. God. Okay. So I would really love some advice on how to okay. deal with the social media aspect. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. You just yes. triggered what I was going to say. Oh, I was excellent. Gonna say what draws the um, the fizzy pursuers to the emo withdrawers is mm -hmm. that you are also emotionally connected. And, and that gift you have of emotional connection is mm -hmm. what also overwhelms you because you care about everybody's feelings. You yeah. become people yeah. pleaser, this person and this person and this person and everybody wants a piece of me. I need to, what do I do? Yeah. What, what, what draws you <laughs> to the, the fizzies is that we are so gosh darn independent. Yeah. We know yeah. who we are. We're yeah. not easily swayed. In fact, we're stubbornly not swayed sometimes. It's so and cool. They're, like, they're so stubborn. <laughs> you, know, you, you, meet, you meet a fizzy and you say, oh, this is who I want as a partner because they're not going to be clingy. They don't, they, they know who they are. They right, don't right. need anything. That's just our, that's mm. just our veneer, right? We need right. Whatever. That's just the start. Yeah. That's just so, the beginning. So you're drawn <laughs> to that, that aspect of yourself you want to develop. I want to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say no. And then we're, as the fizzy uh, pursuers, are drawn to your vulnerability. I want to care. I want to be, you know, I, I want to have my heart moved like you mm. can do so easily. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with it on social media? Well, because like with girlfriends right. and ex-girlfriends, I, ah. I just see want something from somebody from ten years ago that I've mm -hmm. let go. But even if I let go, it's like, whoosh, and it's like this bath of emotion, and I have to sit there and be like, fuck this. 
you know, get what you have to get done today. And it, it, it hits you so hard. And I've gotten really good, because I learned this in military school, how to just keep that straight face and not show the emotion. And nobody picks up on it. However, internally, it's just a whirlwind. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you got the first step of meditation mastery. Mm-hmm. Because you already have that observer inside of you noticing, oh, right now, what's my experience mm-hmm. internally? Right? I'm experiencing this, you know, the sensations viscerally in my gut. I'm experiencing these whirlwind of thoughts in mm-hmm. my mind. And yet, on the outside, you're managing what you're doing. Right. So meditation, the first step is to being able to be aware. Yes, I have that monkey mind that's going mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> to have grounding <laughs> techniques, right? Yeah. As any athlete knows, you're a competitive um, weightlifter. And yeah, you can have a whole kind. I, I, I recall you texting me from a meet one time when you were having relationship issues right before. <laughs> it's like, but yet when you stepped mm-hmm. onto the stage to do your thing, any an athlete can shut it off. Yeah, yeah. So right. yeah. being able to um, have that mastery that uh, it's called emotional self-regulation yeah. to know that okay, I'm feeling that sensation in me, and to then have the tools, whether mm. that's breathing, there are all kinds of tools. So doing things like meditation, yoga, mm-hmm. uh, martial arts, tai chi, anything that yes. develops you to be able to say, no matter how I'm feeling. I'm going to use those, uh, I say the Zen 10, right? Oh, Taking I love it. 10 deep breaths mm, yes, and like then that. letting yourself calm down because you're. The, um, it takes 15 to 20 minutes for you to shift from your sympathetic nervous system, system. fight or flight, mm. yeah, to the pair. parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. So knowing that is especially important in relationship. So mm-hmm. even grown-ups can have timeouts like right now. I know this. So <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I wish I, yeah. I, I, I try to explain that to some of my partners. Like, you know, when I'm in it like sometimes it's just it's best for me to walk yeah, away yeah. and let me think and that's they right. don't want that okay. they're like why not now right. why not now right mm. well and that's where the answer is because i care about you and i want to be fully present for you right, mm. right and so knowing this and so sometimes in coaching then you put it in place and you might set a time where you say okay um 15 minutes and we'll come back together or, or make it 30 because 30 mm-hmm. will assure you're there it's like okay we're going to reconvene i'm going to mm-hmm. go for a run I'm gonna go take a bath. I'm gonna just decompress. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, knowing that, and then keeping your promise. So for the pursuer, you know, they, it's like the little five-year-old. You say, we're not gonna read a story now, but we'll read a story right before bed. Then you better keep your promise. <laughs> sure. Because the fifties are So, but knowing this, then you can laugh. You see how we're all laughing. Yeah. Then you can you can say okay that's your fizzy that's your emo and um, that's you know and then once I get that's your emo yeah. I just like taking care of a little child if a little child says I I need to go and be by myself you yeah. know you 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 nurture the child within your partner once yeah. you, and that's what the attachment styles are about getting that this is a little right. you know toddler inside somebody that's reacting. It was an accident when they found attachment styles like went on towards your relationships because they thought it was just for babies. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then it extrapolated from there. So right. Yeah. So just imagine if people were able to communicate, and where relationships prematurely end, or I call it failure to launch, mm-hmm. because okay. they are just in that motion and they're not really like they're backed off or they're too close or whatever they might be, whatever conditioning they might have. And I one thing with the 
with Esther Perel where she she basically stated that tell me how you were loved mm-hmm. and I will tell you how you loved me yes mm-hmm. and uh, the challenge is some of us were not loved maturely mm. some of us what our parents called love we would not interpret as loving behavior now. Someone yelling at you one minute and calling you a name, and then uh, the next minute saying, I love you, creates that disorganized, that confusion. You know, sure. I hate you, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, growing up, yeah, well, growing <coughs> up in a, in a household, uh, as so many of us do, where there might be alcoholism, they're diagnosed or not, there might be mental illness, yeah. um, the child is sometimes wondering, am I going to get a hug or a slap? Mm. Am I, you know, gosh, my, my parent told me I was wonderful and then they called me stupid. So we are then drawn to people who do that. Yeah. You know, um, domestic violence relationships. It um, just repeats itself. All, yeah. Right. So, so some, you know, by the time we get to adulthood and we've had a few slips and falls, then it's easy to become really guarded. Well, I'm never going to do this, and I'm never going to do that, sure, yeah. this, 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 and we're building a little box. It worked for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you basically put them th- putting up these walls instead of having like, the boundaries in your life, which boundaries are very fluid, and they're going to be dynamic. They're always going to be changing. Right, right. Right. Sounds like, yeah, because it sounds like a lot of having trust issues over time because of that, you know, negative, positive, going back and forth, but then they don't know how to cope with that well. Right. right. And let well, other people in to be vulnerable. Right. Well, and <coughs> I will tell you what, uh, what Thunderstrikes mm-hmm. said to me a long time ago. He said, um, you cannot trust anybody ever to be anything other than human and flawed. Mm. So don't trust anybody because people will disappoint you. Sure. They mm-hmm. um, are going to hurt, you know, mm-hmm. do things that are hurtful. But you can have faith in a person, faith based on that person's track record. Not, again, not who they are, but how they are. Mm -hmm. How they are. Um, And once you start to watch how they are, you know, going back to your first question about, you know, can you kind of qualify someone like, have them take this battery of tests, you know, like the (laughs) MMPI of relationship. (laughs) Yes, I have this this big test to take. It's only going to take six hours. Please answer it thoroughly, and we'll get back to you. We'll run the algorithm, you know. Um, You know, you can't. uh, I made that mistake, right? I got Mm -hmm. into counseling because uh, I just thought if there were some way to avoid hurt, mm. if I could just, if there were tests I could take, mm-hmm. if I could learn everything about this, I could just avoid getting hurt. It didn't work. I ended up with a whole lot of labels and a whole lot of diagnostic tools. But at the end of the day, uh, the real challenge is could I be present yeah. with another human? Can I be vulnerable? Sure. Like you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Can I say I'm hurting right now uh, and reach out and say, um, can you help? Or, mm-hmm. um, and and the, the real question, you know, the, the, I guess the acid test for a relationship is, is your partner going to say yes? Uh, here's, uh, I'm willing to help. Or are they going to say, nah, you know what, that sounds like work. And I yeah. think relationships shouldn't be work. Mm-hmm. And then you, you learn a lot from those experiences. Yeah. And how your partner is on a first date. 
Do you see them lying? Do you see them talking to someone rudely on the phone? Do you mm. see them, you know, oh, that was just my sibling, you know, screw them. Oh, how are you, honey? What's going on again? Do you hear them? Yes. What do they say about their ex? What do they say? Say about their exes. Are they able, if you say, so So, what would your ex say about you? Are they, are they talking about blame? Are they blaming their ex? Oh, my ex is a terrible person. The signs are just right there in front of you. How do they, uh, do you hear them lying to anyone on the phone? Mm. Do they, um, you can tell right away by how someone is in their their life. Are they rude to the server at the restaurant? Sure. Are they irritable with the drivers on the road? Someday they'll be irritable with you like oh, that, course. you know? Yeah. And so that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it's just um, you don't have to give someone a battery of tests. You just look at their track record. You look at, um, look at their actions. At their mm-hmm. actions and also um, their willingness to be conscious. You know, can they laugh at their mistakes? Can yeah. they say, if you say, okay, so what, what did your former spouse say? Was mm. your, well, yeah, my former spouse, <laughs> you know, would have said this about me. You know, and um, so, so yeah. No, that's great. I mean, we touched a lot about intimacy and communication this evening, <clears throat> and I feel having having that talk with your partner really will heighten and make the sexual intimacy even more even more enjoyable, more spiritual, and more intense. Uh, it can having mm. intimacy, right? Mm. Into me, see, having the ability. Too. I mean, you know, I didn't make that up. Somebody made that up. <laughs> I, that's not mine. It's that's not really mine. good, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, am I, am I willing um, to share myself and be vulnerable? Mm. Now, I, I, we got the five-minute cue, but um, there are some people that that's not on their... Have me back sometime. We'll talk about yeah, Lust definitely. Map. Lust Map is all about the necessary mm-hmm. conditions you need to be turned on. And for some people... Um, knowing someone to be vulnerable would be like, okay, now I can never be intimate with that person. That's an attachment style. If I'm intimate with you, now I can never have sex with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can have sex with you, but now I can never be open with you. So yeah. some people have this real schism between, um, it's called a loveless split. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it's not, it's yes in theory. The more sure. you can openly communicate, provided you have that foundation of mutual attraction, yes. And you can work through anything. Uh, and you can manage to to love each other. Then yes, the play, the space for sex is there. Awesome. It just seems like in relationships, I hear this a lot from a lot of people, is that people are not communicating, and they're not like uh, if it's about to end, they don't want to go ahead and say, look, it's not working out or something like that. They just to go ghosting. Yeah. Well, and so that I think, um, just. Communications. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. All right, Fred, we're gonna have to tie things up here. Okay. I mean we had a, we went fast tonight, we had a yeah. great time. Thank you. Yes, thank you thank for being you. with us. Thank but you. I want people to know how to reach you. Because oh, I think that's okay. very important. If you can share a little bit how they can get a hold of you, what's your offer real quick here. Okay. Um, yes, <coughs> you can find me at uh, drsusansimpson.com, drsusansimpson.com, or Google Phoenix Sex, sex Therapist Susan, you'll get me. Okay. Um, my website <laughs> is intimacyinsights.com. Um, people will be viewing this podcast at different times. Uh, ultimately, mm. you'll be able to get me at Dr. Susan Simpson Coaching, but I don't have that launched yet. So okay. if you go to Intimacy Insights, you'll find the pointers and then... Um, you can call my number, which is on the website. Perfect. Awesome. And then you have that new 
the 12 month program. The 12 month program, the relationship yes. remodel, yeah. and uh, that's going to have its own. When you go to, to um, Dr. Susan Simpson Coaching, there'll be five different offerings you can click on, okay. and that's one of them. So, Intimacy Insights, Relationship Remodel, Love by Design, and they also have hand in hand analysis because I do professional hand analysis. And, okay. um, and then uh, Your Peaceful Mind, which is all about meditation and self regulation. Oh, stress amazing. Stress busting. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank it. you so much for being thank on the you. show. Thank you. Uh, this is the Extraordinary Being Movement. Uh, we're here every Monday night with a special guest, just opening minds, opening hearts. So stay tuned. Keep listening. We appreciate everybody out there. Leave us a comment just to know that we're doing well and that, or if you have something you want to hear. Uh, this is your host and coach, Linda Carmine, along with Christopher Shriver. Fred Martinez. And Dr. Susan, thank you so much thank for this evening. I appreciate it. Everybody have a great night.